In the last episode, we heard from two dads, Mike and Eric, who took their sons, each on separate trips, into the wilderness for the very first time. This is part two of that story, and a few special guests to share their ongoing multi-generational experience in the wilderness. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience we were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern light. Welcome to episode 47 of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. I'm Gwen. I'm here on Wonder Lake. It's a cloudy day, only 65 degrees. It feels great. I'm here with my daughter. My name is Grace, and I'm six years old, and I found this chipmunk tail. It's pretty soft, so it's, like, brown on one side, and it's black on the end, and it's, like, tannish grayish. It's, like, brown on the other side with black kind of on the edges. I think it is the tail of a chipmunk that got ripped clean off, and it was just sitting here on this campsite where we're having lunch. So I'm also here with my mom. Hi, I'm Virginia, and I'm 70. And I've been coming out here to the Boundary Waters for, oh, 30, 40 years. I'm 34. Um, and we have been doing trips with Grace. Well, Grace was born in June. And I think that we put her in a life jacket as a newborn and laid her in the bottom of a canoe and canoed around an inland lake that first summer. We didn't take her overnight, but... She went canoeing right away, and then when she was one, she was a little toddler standing in her life jacket in the bow of the canoe. We went into Duncan Lake for a day trip. I even nursed her in the front of the canoe when she got fussy. (laughs) And then I think Grandma took her on her first overnight Boundary Waters trip when she was maybe three. This is our third year now, when you were four and five, and now you're six of us going into the Boundary Waters overnight canoe camping every summer. So Grace, what is your favorite part about canoe camping? Well, my favorite part about canoe camping is sleeping in a tent. I also like when sometimes I bring Barbies, I get to build them a house like this time. At our campsite, I have a house of the Barbies and a campfire and food, which is pretty great. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're here now. I think they're in their swimsuits on this trip. Uh, we need to add that since there is a fire band, a, a Barbie campfire is different from a human campfire insofar <laughs> as it is not lit. It is just made for ambiance next to the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
What else do you want to say? You can you can build fires, but no jumping off diving boards and the fire ban. <laughs> I have just rendezvoused with two weary travelers mid Gunflint Trail on the eastern side of the Boundary Waters, literally on the edge of the wilderness. I have come back together with two companions. My name is Mike Moran and I live in Vermilion, South Dakota. We came all the way up here last week to the Boundary Waters. My name is Rylan Moran and I'm from Vermilion, South Dakota, and this is my first Boundary Waters trip. Ryland, where did you wake up this morning? The tent on a campsite in the middle of nowhere. No, we started on SAG at Voyager. Okay. And we got a towboat ride to Red Rock. They dropped us off and Matt was really nice and he helped us take the canoe over in a couple packs and he is really, really cool about it. We filled up our canoe after he left and I, I looked at you when, when the boat drove away and I looked at you and I said something like, well now it's just you and me. And he just kind of was like, wow. It's shocking. I remember that too from 1992 when I was your age. And we loaded up and we just started paddling and I knew where we were going but I had to kind of explain, you know. There's three fingers to Red Rock Lake and we gotta take the middle one and it'll get narrow and it'll open up and all that stuff and we went through it. Once we started getting close to the campsite, I could see the campsite, but what I thought it was gonna look like was not what it actually looked like. I didn't think we would have that much stuff, but when we started unpacking, it was actually a lot of stuff. Once we started setting everything up, it just, all the stuff just got bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew that we would have to have filtered water from the lake. That was a little different from what, at home, what it's like. Because you have to like work just to get a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I learned so much in five days that we were there. Yeah. Did it feel like more than five days? Um, well, it wouldn't buy it. Like, time flies um, <laughs> there. Mm hmm So yeah. it went by really fast. Yeah. yeah. Too fast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It went by really fast. <laughs> you couldn't hear any cars at all. Every once in a while, there would be paddlers coming by, but that wasn't even that loud. And I just liked not hearing cars and just hearing wildlife. There were a few loons that we saw. Those were actually pretty loud. <laughs> At night, you could hear a lot just doing their thing. I've never really fished from the canoe before, and we caught a lot more fish than just at a lake near your house. The only two that I caught were smallmouth and walleye, mm. which are mostly in that lake that we went to. He caught a northern one of the days and I also had a northern, but it took my hook off. Oh, how'd that feel? It, it was at like nine, 10 o'clock, 
and I could barely see the bobber mm. and I just kind of pulled it up and it just went flying up and there's no hook on it. I caught one, I think it was the second day, I caught a walleye and it was a pretty decent walleye and then we filleted it up and we ate it really good. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy who filleted it, one of the walleyes, I watched him do it and I was kind of learning, but I couldn't do it by myself. It looked pretty hard from what I saw over the fire. Yeah, we did it two different ways though, remember that? We, one of them that you didn't try was in a aluminum foil that he filleted and took the skin off, remember that? You probably saw, you might not have saw that. And then the other way he did it was he did them in what they call the half shell. So they just left the skin on and they put the skin down onto the fire grate and mm -hmm. they cooked it that way. And you ate the ones in the half shell. But it tasted different um, over the fire than it did like a grill or a smoker or something like that. Mm -hmm. Tastes like the boundary waters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super fresh. Uh, we didn't tip the canoe. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it got a little tippy mm -hmm. and the waves, but they weren't that bad. We didn't go out in the storm or anything, but we were out there like at night one of the times and that wasn't too bad. As long as you know where you're going mm -hmm. and you have a few lights. On like the third day, I kind of knew where we were at, but it took a while to get used to it and know like where our campsite is and what it looks like and what to look for so that you know when the campsite is coming up. Like certain trees yeah. or rocks. Finding landmarks. Yeah. Yeah, and you were able to figure that out. Yeah, um, but it took a while. To sort of get your brain in the right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because where, where else have you ever had to think about that sort of thing? Have you ever had to think about that before? No. No. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, I remember we were talking a lot about it on the trip. My dad and his buddy Wayne and, you know, how we'd started coming up here in 1992. And I think I was 11. I was almost 12. We were kind of piecing it together one night around the campfire. And, you know, I was just as lost as he was. You know, my dad brought me up here and I'd never been in a canoe. I remember looking around and I was just as lost as he was. And all the things that he was doing, I remember I'd, I went through as well. And like just looking at things and looking down in the water and kind of playing with your paddle a little bit. And a couple days we saw, how many bald eagles did we see on that trip? And, and we saw, I'm pretty sure we saw a golden eagle, which I've never seen. Mm. That was pretty cool. And we went down to Jasper Falls one day. You know, he's walking through the, the the portage and he's going up the hill and he's kind of flying and I'm trying to keep up with him and he's just all excited. And I remember being that excited too and getting up to the top and looking around and stuff. Yeah, it all kind of came back to me. So it was, it was really, it was cool to watch that. Like I felt this trip, like I felt more like a guide mm -hmm. than uh, a fisherman or a camper or a dad or something like that because I wanted to show him the right thing or something like a way not to get in trouble and not to get in in danger or anything like that and just keep him having a safe trip and having fun so you're out here with your son mm -hmm. so you are a dad but you also want him to be an equal yeah. on this yeah. trip yeah. and so trying to give him as many skills to be contributing yep to this whole experience yeah as you can absolutely like on the portages we would 
take everything out of the canoe, set it on the ground. Okay, who's going to take what? And he was ready to take a pack or two. And I said, okay, well, here's nice. a small pack. You know, you can take your little junior CCS pack. And I got the food pack over here. The food pack was pretty heavy in the beginning, but you carried it today. Nice. You know? So, you know, you got to do that sort of stuff and how to, you know, explain how to paddle, you know, and when he'd flip it from his right side to his left, he wasn't quite certain. So you'd have to tell him, okay, put your left hand down here mm-hmm. and right hand on top Thanks. and learning things, just little things like fishing. How do we fish out of a canoe? And how do you set your depth when you're using a slip bobber? And, and how do you hook your leech you've never hooked a leech before no you, you, know? le- you hooked your own leeches oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah what was that like the leeches were kind of weird to me at first oh yeah because like they would just be on your finger and they would start sucking your finger <laughs> after a while i just got used to it because i knew i had to by myself in a canoe mm-hmm. after a while i just started doing it and it got normal for you yeah, yeah. so what started out as kind of weird maybe a little gross a yeah. little freaky does it still feel that way not by the end of the trip? No. It just feels like something you're supposed to do by yourself. I bet there was a lot of things like that on this yeah. trip that you didn't know how to do, and by the end it was yeah, something you do by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Even little things around camp, you know, helping me get water. He just got up and did it. What are you feeling proud of that you did for yourself and or for your group on this trip? I didn't know quite how to fish the right way yet so I had to get used to that and um, paddling I think. First I did I wasn't really doing it quite yet because I didn't really know how to do it um, so I had to learn how to do that and once you learn how to do it and you start doing it you get used to it. Yeah mm-hmm. and you're pretty proud of that process of going from I didn't really know how to and now I'm used to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Mike, I'm wondering what you're feeling proud of. No, just him coming up here and working really hard and learning things and being open to learning things. And I explained to him before the trip, and my dad explained to me that this is not a place to goof off Mm. because bad things can happen. I mean, we talked about that even when we go swimming in the lake. Like, yeah, we'd have fun and goof around a little bit, but something as simple as just taking the wrong step Mm. could lead to a bad bad day or bad couple weeks or you know Mm. a tragedy and so he was really good about listening and doing what we asked him to do because you won't put yourself in danger you won't Mm. put yourself in harm's way so that was really cool and to see him transition from last thursday not being able to paddle that well and getting so tired when we got to alpine lake and we turned left and he was just so tired by the time we got there Mm -hmm. and he said how much longer and blah 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 and Mm -hmm. we'd sit there and he'd sit there with his paddle across his lap and you got to put it in the water you got to do something and Mm -hmm. today we didn't really have to say that but you were more looking around and and taking it all in because you knew it was the last day i feel like you weren't that tired even though we did go to bed late but it was the same distance yeah you know and but we covered it a lot quicker this time today because i knew how to do it yeah you knew how to do it better and it was a little bit easier i think you're just more used to it and i think that's it'll get better as we do more and more and i hear when i hear you say mike you talk about you know being like this idea of being good the whole time i think about expedition behavior yeah and part of expedition behavior is taking care of yourself first yeah and making sure that you don't get hurt because yep. that can jeopardize the whole expedition. Absolutely. And it sounds like you took really good care of yourself yeah. 
so that everybody else could take care of themselves and then you all could do things together. Yeah, and we all could enjoy the trip instead of trying to get out of there and get to a hospital or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was my biggest fear when I was a kid is doing something stupid and falling down or getting hurt. And it's still, I think about it all the time. The trip that I went on last summer, I I thought about it with just my buddy. Like, okay, don't put your foot here because mm-hmm. something bad could happen. Or mm-hmm. take your time. Don't rush things because we're not in a rush, mm-hmm. you know? I think about that a lot when I'm up here. It, it just makes you, it makes you conscious of good decisions and decision making. Right, which is part of the amazing thing about being in the wilderness is that you have the time mm-hmm. to think about every step, yeah. every movement, yep. and so then you just become so aware of everything. Yeah, you, absolutely. You hear everything more yep. intensely, you see things more, you start to read the trees yeah. to know where you're going. Yep. And yep. Those are big shifts yep. in the way our brains yeah. work. Yeah, it's really different up here. It's not like back at home or back in the city or whatever. It's You really got to take everything step by step. Mm-hmm. so that you come out of here with a good story and a good experience and a lot of you know, pictures or memories or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's really cool when you do it that way. So that leads me to this other question about what was scary out there. Because I think there's, at least for me, there's always something on a trip that I'm scared that could happen or something scary does happen, even if it's all fine in the end. I didn't want to get too deep in the woods because... One, you could get lost pretty easily if you go off the trail and you just start looking at things and you get sidetracked. There's a lot to look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, going too far and then like seeing a bear and not knowing what to do mm-hmm. and then running back and then... And even when I was in the water, I was... It wasn't going to happen, but like a fish come around with pretty big teeth mm-hmm. like that northern your dad caught yeah <laughs> that one that i caught was tiny but yeah i've shown you pictures of some of the big ones that have yeah. come out of there mm-hmm. i mean we know they're there but he did a good job with it you know it, it was really fun it was it was really neat to see him learn mm-hmm. you know from when we started to now the end and at the end he's like dad we got to come back you were never really bored no that I remember, I never and I was bored. kind of... You were never bored. No. <laughs> no I, I couldn't believe it. You were always doing something, throwing rocks in the water, or mm-hmm. wading in the water. One day you were sitting, we put a, a folding chair on the little beach of the campsite, and you just sat there and he was just looking around, you know? It was yeah. pretty cool. There's so much to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, just watching him grow and learn. and. But the one thing that sticks out to me is we were paddling in, and I said, look around. I said, this is really neat, isn't it? And he says, yeah, this is this is something. And we're paddling a little bit more. And he knows about the things that are kind of happening here. He's 12, so he doesn't know everything. But he knows about it. He said, Dad, is this where they want to put the mine? And I said, well, no, it's west of here, whatever. And he goes, why would they want to do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets it at 12. This is something that every generation needs to see. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know, it's... I don't know how long it's going to be here, but it's it's cool. You got to see it. Right on. You do. You know, and, and for being 12 years old and pick up on that, mm-hmm. I thought that was just like, wow. You sound like a really proud dad. Yeah. <laughs> I think your grandpa's pretty proud. You learn and you, you, you're excited about it and you want to come back. And that's the cool part. 
Thank you both very much. Thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. Hi, this is uh, Virginia again. Back when Gwen was a newborn, now Gwen was born in December, and the following summer, about six months old, we decided, Bob and I, her dad, that we would get one of those infant-type life jackets and take her canoeing. <laughs> and we were so excited, and we got the canoe and went to a lake and put her in it, put her in the canoe, and she started screaming. <laughs> put the kibosh on the whole experience and then I think in retrospect we were just too rushed too excited with her and with Grace we've taken more time and it's worked out a lot better she doesn't scream in her life jacket she never did no she didn't the first time that she was like an older toddler maybe two years old and was big enough to move around in the canoe on her own what did you do with her oh yeah um I took her up to McFarland Lake that has a very nice sandy beach and is very shallow. I let her stand in her life jacket in the middle of the canoe and we talked about where she could be in terms of going to the edge and I very gently moved it but I was standing in the water. I just made sure the boat moved back and forth slowly and gently so it wouldn't she wouldn't fall over and so she started to get used to it. And the, the trick with really young kids is make sure they never have a bad experience. And they get used to it, and they're not so afraid of it. As a, a six-month-year-old, so as she was born in December, and I was born in June, I was a lot younger than she was when she first went in the canoe. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So on this trip, you're six years old, and this year we're going for three nights and four days before we've gone for two nights and three days. We're just taking it easy. It might rain tonight, so we decided to stay at our really nice campsite on Alton, and we just did this day trip, and I think tomorrow we'll go a little bit farther, but we also want to have plenty of time to just relax at the campsite and explore and go at a leisurely pace. Tomorrow we're probably just going to take our time a little bit more. It's going to be a lot easier day just because this morning we thought it was going to rain last night and then it didn't rain in the morning. I'm still looking forward to see if it's going to rain in the afternoon later. Do you kind of want it to rain? Yeah. (laughs) We need the rain. Matthew and I are here hanging out with Luke and Eric Dickus. Gentlemen, a pleasure to see you both. Thank you. Nice to see you too. <laughs> Practically old friends at this point. Right. Yeah. We've met before and we've stayed in contact this whole time. So Eric, we've heard on the podcast before. Uh, we know him from one of the first seasons when he shared his story about uh, trying to get to the Boundary Waters. His father wanted to go and uh, purchased a canoe from Paragus over in Ely. And um, 
got sick with cancer and um, wasn't Eric's father wasn't able to make it on that initial trip. So Eric came up with his uh, friend Johnny, and they yeah. did that trip. Eric was kind enough to do an audio diary of that. We'll we'll share a link in, in with this episode so you can reference back to it. So, uh, my favorite personal episode on of all the almost fifty now we've done on the podcast. It's uh, it's an important one certainly. Mm-hmm. So Eric, it's a pleasure to to be uh, sharing some space with you here. You and uh, Luke are fresh off the Gunflint Trail, the Boundary Waters. You went in through Poplar and Liz, down through Caribou and into Horseshoe Lake. And uh, Luke, it's my understanding that you saw some wildlife in there and you caught some fish. And this was your first trip, so tell us how it went. Well, it was very fun and like peaceful and relaxing. It, I've got a lot of things I should work on, like control issues, and this is a good place to get a hold of those like whenever I'm paddling I can just like control how fast or like how much I want to paddle right or like it's just it's good to get that stuff under way nice and then we saw moose he was real she was real cool mm. just massive like eight feet tall right and she was swimming at first so we didn't know how big she was but then when she got up out of the water it was like big <laughs> big so you yeah. just saw the head just yeah. the head or eating the grass and all the lily pads Coming and stuff. Coming up and going back down. Yeah. Oh, we, wow. I thought it was a kayaker, like, swim, like stuck <laughs> over there from way far away. And I t- tell Luke to look, and he's like, what? I'm like, look. And I go, that's oh, a kayaker, whatever. Yeah. And then we got closer, like, hey, that's a moose. So we paddled towards it, and we not too close. We were scared. We didn't know what a moose could do in the water. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know. I've never seen one. They move fast, like... It was from like one point and it got like a hundred feet away from that point in like a minute, maybe two. It was like, it can swim. Yeah. And it's kind of scary to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then she stood up out of the water and she shook and all, it was like, like a rainstorm right there. <laughs> wow. And Eric, that's your first moose in the Boundary Waters. Yeah, all these times up here. This is the first time I've seen a moose and that was one of Luke's, he wanted to see a bear and a moose. And I think the moose was the better of the two to see. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. And uh, Eric, I know around the campsite, uh, your previous trips, you have a kind of a hangout. It's ritual. I have a campfire, but uh, right now there's a campfire ban in the Boundary Waters. How did that impact just uh, the experience for you? I I had a great experience with Luke, and honestly, the campfire I don't think would have added any more magic to the moment. It was uh, it was simple. We didn't have to go trudging looking for firewood. There's one thing. Didn't have to worry about putting the ashes out when I go fishing. Didn't have to worry about lighting the wet wood after we got back from fishing. Right. Um, it was hot. Monday was really hot, and uh, the bugs weren't bad. It was a beautiful trip. I mean, I don't think we we couldn't even stay up wait late enough mm-hmm. to even for a fire because <laughs> the sun was still up at like seemed like eight or nine. It was like still light out, and now we're laying in the tent playing Farkle ten thousand whatever we're playing. <laughs> I call it 10,000. I guess there's a new name for it. It's called Farkle. All right. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'll age myself. <laughs> we played in the tent and no bugs and it was perfect. Gosh. And lots of swimming. Uh, yeah. yeah. How did you beat the heat on this trip? What was that like, staying cool? Well, it was, oh, it was nice. Like, there was always just a little wind breeze. Or if we got real hot, we'll just go jump in the lake real quick. The first time we went swimming was an accident. Um, 
So <laughs> I asked Dad if we could get out of the canoe for a second to stand on a little rock I found. It's real flat, so it's like even with the water. Yeah. And he says okay, and then he gets on the rock too, shoves me in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. And then um, <laughs> thankfully I didn't hit a rock, but then when he jumped in, he found a rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a little that's, something that's called karma. Car- karma. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I deserved it. Stub a toe. Stub my toe on a rock. I'm like, oh, there's a rock there. I think we all learned a lesson from that one. Yeah. So then what happened? Then we couldn't get back in the canoe. And we couldn't get back on the rock either. So we just kind of swam the canoe back to shore. <laughs> we swam back to camp, and that's where we found the nice big walleye hole. Yeah. That we couldn't touch. Nice. Oh. It was all meant to be. It was. We were walking. But we, I seriously couldn't get back on the rock, and he could. And by the time he got the rock, I already had the canoe halfway gone. I wasn't going back to get him. Yeah. He just went back. Right. So we had our life jackets, and we just had our little tevas and life jackets and floated back with the canoe. Oh. Uh, nice. And nice. you found a deep, deep fishing hole that proved uh, to be worthwhile, too, huh? Yeah. Yep. Luke marked it out with the rocks and the trees. He knew exactly where we wanted to be. He was right here. And uh, we went to another spot somebody told us to go to didn't catch nothing so we went back to Luke's spot <laughs> yes I told him uh, a spot that they may have some success which is where you saw the moose I might point out yeah there you go you're right you're right we did see the moose and, uh, uh, yeah so then we anchored there and go ahead Luke tell him what happened uh, there's a big fish or we think it was because like my pole is like really strong so mm. it's not that easy to like bend over but this thing was like gonna snap and it I tried to pull it up, and there's this bobber. My dad had the adjustable one, so it could keep going up and down. But slip mine, bobber, yeah. yeah, slip bobber. But mine can't, so it just kind of got stuck, and we couldn't give it back up. Oh! It just right. not easy to get back up. You can't reel it when you get those old school bobbers to a certain point at the end of the rod, so you couldn't reel anymore. Yeah. And that thing's swimming back and forth in the canoe like this, going back. I'm like, oh man. And you can see it. I couldn't see the fish because he we had about ten foot of line out on the jig and he's going back and forth. I'm like, oh man, I've got the net, but you can't stand up in a canoe really mm-hmm. like that easy. I didn't want to. Yeah. I could. Otherwise you wouldn't <laughs> I'm been. that good. I could. Oh. <laughs> you didn't want to show off. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of you. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but then it got off. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Then what happened? Well, then I just kind of got like, well, it just got like the water just calmed down and I just started thinking in my head and so I just laid back on my uh, life jacket and then I just threw the line out and just kept tugging on a piece of line. Um, and then eventually this thing just bit it and I didn't notice at first though. Me and dad were talking and I look over and I'm like, you know dad, I think I got a fish. And then I just looked down and I tried to reel it up and I got a fishy. Yeah. What kind of fish? Walleye. Mm. Yeah. A little bit small. He was like 13 inches. I'm not really sure. Hey, that's cool. Yes. Fish sticks good. Yeah. yeah, right. That's so awesome. Was that your? Did you have that fish for dinner? Yeah, we did. Was that your first walleye? I think so. I don't think I've eaten walleye before. So, nice. not, so you caught your first walleye and ate your first walleye after seeing your first moose in the Boundary Waters. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Mhm. Definitely. That's a great trip, and Eric, I know. Uh, just to get a little deeper into it, uh, you had expressed after your first trip when we met here at WTIP after you came back and uh, had recorded that audio diary for us, you also spent some time with me at the radio station kind of debriefing on that trip. 
and told us, uh, you know, you wanted to come back, you wanted to show your boys, you wanted to show Fallon, your wife, and uh, you just introduced people to the Boundary Waters. You were so impacted by that first trip. And now here we are, the reality of this uh, before us. And, you know, it all started as your father wanted to show you this place. And mm-hmm. it was a place he wanted to go to. And now you're you're here with your son. Uh, tell, tell us where you're at with all that. Well, it's good. Um, it was amazing. Um, I didn't get to take, go with my dad, and uh, I have no regrets about that. Um, you know, I'm, he's he's where he is at now, and uh, he got my mind going like on this awesome place to see. And Luke asked me about that. He's like, "So, what, what made Papa want to come to this place?" I'm like, "Well, I think it was just him. He always wanted to come here." And uh, he never had the chance, never the opportunity. And uh, and later in his life, he had the money and the means to make it up here and uh, the time. <clears throat> but it, time ran out for him. And uh, I'm glad that I have the means and the knowledge now to take you and show you. <clears throat> the things that I didn't get to do with my dad. Because... Uh, it was good. It was a good memory. Like, it was me and Luke had, like, good connections. Uh, I learned a lot about Luke. Things I, you know, and the hustle and bustle of every day when you're living, school, books, chores, hollering at them because they're messing up, in, you know, in the house. And <laughs> get off your games. Do this, do that. <laughs> go walk the dog. You know what he's All talking that. about, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Grumpy dad, you know. Grumpy dad sometimes. And. I don't take the, the time to sit and listen to what he's got going in his life. Little guys got things going in their lives too, you know. Little mm-hmm. kids do, little boys, and you know, everybody has their own struggles. And uh, however, you know, it, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it was good to just sit and listen to him, quiet. And yeah. there was uh, there was no fire. There was a lot more sitting down in your chair time you know i'm glad i brought the chairs because the chairs are great the packable chairs those are my favorite <laughs> we almost didn't bring them mm-hmm. but it was uh good to sit and listen to him and uh he talked to me i talked to him we had some deep conversations uh i mean he's just an amazing he's an amazing son i'm glad i have him and uh not to say that my other son's not amazing either. My other two, you know, I have two sons, like they're not, they're not amazing, but they are and they're in their own special way. But it was good that I got to connect with him one-on-one and see what he's about. And man, he's more responsible than any of my buddies I've been camping with, really. Like he had the camp in order. He porged without complaining. He uh, was, was just, there was no, there's not one issue where I had a, a temper tantrum like a dad temper tantrum where you gotta yell at your kids. Yeah. I didn't have any of those. We saw one boat go by and this 10 year old, it was like the guy, the dad had his meltdown on the way through Horseshoe. He's like, you're 10 years old, you know? He goes, you can't be crying, you know, figure it out. And me and Luke kind of giggled and laughed. We're like, well, we didn't have that, you know? I go, you're 13. <laughs> so you, you came and you are, you're smarter than that 10 year old. But <laughs> it's hard for uh, people to just become unplugged from society and come here and enjoy this without being a pain in the butt you know without having a meltdown and luke did proud of him like so proud of him i 
I made little audio things too and little videos and really just so proud of Luke how he <clears throat> accomplished every task I gave him. He learned how to do a bear hang. He read the compass and the map. He uh, learned how to do backpacker meals because that's all we could eat. <laughs> what else did you learn, Luke? Um... Well, I didn't know how to paddle canoe. I'll definitely say that. I, <laughs> I thought you'd, like... So, I always thought it was, like, one person had to paddle on one side, the other had to paddle on the other side to make it go straight. And it's turn, you had to paddle on the same side. But now I know it's, like, person in front just paddles, and person in back is the one who steers. But I learned to still how to steer in the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luke would save us from hitting some rocks plenty right. of times up against the bank. Right. He'd do the old whoosh. And he'd right. Oh, the pry. Yeah. Cool, man. The pry. That's, That's advanced canoeing right there. I didn't even teach him that. He started doing it. I said, ah. <laughs> Yeah, Matt knows it. See? Yeah, see, right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. This this sounds like a very memorable trip. It's uh, it's great to be able to be here with you guys. And uh, Luke, any anything you want to tell us about? Uh, just some some thoughts you have about coming to the Boundary Waters, or just any final thoughts from you, buddy? I'm definitely gonna come again. That's for sure. I'll be coming. Like hopefully, maybe after next year. My little brother's got to come next year, and then maybe both of us will go after that. And I try to get my stepmom to come too. Yeah. She needs to come up here. Yeah. Relax a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, right on. We all we all could use some of that up here. And uh, gentlemen, th thanks so much for talking with us on the podcast. Thanks. Grace, what did we see last night on our paddle? out um, in the bay next to our campsite. Do you remember what animal we saw? Uh-huh, we saw a beaver. It was just like, huh, doesn't look like they're gonna kill me. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna be on my way, bye. Yeah, I think what you're saying is this beaver was very calm about the fact that we were not very far away from it. We saw it out of the water on the shoreline, nibbling on a branch, and then it went into the water but it didn't even really slap its tail. Mm -mm. And it just kind of swam around. We were probably only 30 feet from it. I, mm -hmm. I haven't been that close to a beaver before. Without it slapping your tail. Yes. So that's a little bit about our three generation camping trip that we do every year. Mom, grandma, and kid, uh, plus the Barbie generation that always comes with. So we're gonna get in our canoe now and go check out the other campsites on this little wonder lake. See ya. Bye. Happy paddling. <laughs>